Hello everybody, welcome to Flavor Text, a monthly podcast where we explore the lore and stories in Arkham Horror, the living card game, scenario by scenario and campaign by campaign. I'm Krabby Terror 8 and I'm joined as always by my erstwhile colleague Kevling. How are you Kevling? I'm fine, thank you mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. Uh... Yeah, how how are things going uh, with you and uh, lockdown and uh, all that kind of thing? Things going well? Yeah, yeah, things are going okay here. Um, things are starting to unlock. Shops are opening again, and I think in a couple of weeks' time, uh, what they call hospitality can open again, so we can get back to our game store and play Arkham Horror again. That's the most important thing. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I played. Um, I've been playing the second scenario now in Dunwich. Uh, not Dunwich. God, I think I've Dunwich on the mind at the moment. I've been doing so much stuff on on uh, on Innsmouth, and uh, wow, really enjoying it. So uh, really, really oh, good. I haven't stuff. even started Innsmouth yet. I've, right. I've just ordered myself some fancy new tokens, so I'm waiting oh, for okay. those to come, and then I'm going to dive in. Right. Wow. <laughs> What are we? Uh, uh, what are we up to uh, today, Kevling? What are we talking about today? Right. Well, we are kicking off the podcast proper with the Dunwich Legacy, Ooh. and because of the way these first couple of um, scenarios are constructed, we're doing them both at the same time in the same episode. It's kind of obvious, I know, but spoilers: if you have not played the Dunwich Legacy or you don't want any aspect of the Dunwich Legacy spoiled for you, stop this podcast right now because we're going to be covering everything about the lore and the story. And I guess I'll restate as well, um, if you didn't catch our uh, introduction podcast, um, this isn't going to be a gameplay guide and uh, it's more a discussion of how the various mechanics work and whether they support or contradict the story that's trying to be told it's basically how the mechanics all fit into the narrative okay so yes yeah, to set the scene um we have a prologue for the dunwich legacy where um we we are meeting dr henry armitage he's he's our former mentor uh and basically he wants he wants some help so uh, basically he's, he's trying to track down his two colleagues dr francis morgan and warren rice they're both disappeared and he's got a very familiar feeling, mm. which I'm assuming relates to the Dunwich Horror itself, which is obviously one of um, one of Lovecraft's most famous stories. And this is effectively a sequel to that with some of the same characters interwoven throughout it. Definitely. So, yes. Um, so Dr. Armitage is extremely concerned that his two friends have gone missing. His hands are shaking. He's probably spilling it. <laughs> yeah, he's um, drinking the Pinot. He's pale and sweaty and anxious. He's really worried. But the thing that's kind of annoying about Armitage is he doesn't say why. Like, he, he actually doesn't tell us kind of why he's, um, you know, worried until afterwards. Yes, he just says he's just he just says he's got this nagging feeling that there's something <laughs> else going on, a very familiar feeling involved even in the in the uh, in the prologue I, I don't want to jump to the end but the thing that's kind of frustrating is at the end it goes he tells you a story and it all kind of makes sense and oh it's terrible but it doesn't doesn't really tell you that i guess it assumes you'd have to go and read the the 
the the Dunwich horror to to sort of get the full story yourself. So he does relate the story, but you have to wait till you've done the hard. You've got to earn it, in other words. <laughs> so he wants you to go and risk your life. You know, he's happy drinking but he won't the pinot, but he won't tell you why. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that he he. Uh, uh, you know, you just kind of, he's hes upset, he's anxious, he's drinking Pinot, and you as the investigator are like, oh, well, we'll just go off and uh, and, and check this out <laughs> without any other explanation. It's like, fine, <laughs> off you go. So basically then the, this prologue gives you a choice, doesn't it? And I think it's the, yeah. well, obviously it's the first time we've had anything like this in mm. Arkham Horror, and... Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure it's something that's been done again, is it? We actually have a choice of which of the first two scenarios you do first, and they each play out differently depending on whether they are played first or second. Yeah, because in the, in the Dream Eaters campaign, it's it's parallel, so it's not... Yes. You, you know what I mean? The A and the B run parallel, so you're right. It is interesting that they didn't go back to this... And I can kind of understand why, in a sense, because it makes things from a... You know, we talked last week or last time in the last episode that just putting these stories together would be a bit of a logistical nightmare, you know, trying to make it all linked together. So I can imagine that this just makes it much more complicated. And I'm not sure... Mm -hmm. I don't know what you think, but do you think if they just forced you to do one and then the other, would it have made that much of a difference i mean could, they could have done it that way anyway i mean i, I just don't know whether yeah. the, the 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 payoff of getting the choice is is it really worth the complexity i'm not sure yeah interesting yeah. i mean i guess the outcome is it, it, it the, the main difference is who gets rescued isn't it i mean yes again spoilers <laughs> we're looking for two people but you will only find one of them and yeah. whoever you find depends on the order you play the scenarios yeah yeah, yeah. if you find and either of them you could still find you could find none yes um yeah and there are minor consequences in later scenarios aren't mm. there mm. um he gives you these two options. He yeah. says uh, he, he basically says he's really worried about Warren. He mm. thinks he's in trouble, mm. so he wants you to find him. But then he says, you also might wish to ask Francis for help. So it's almost as though it's guiding you to go and find Warren, but you still have the option of going to find Francis for some advice if, if you think that might be useful. Yeah. So Warren Rice was last seen at the Miskatonic University, yep. whereas Francis Morgan was last seen gambling at the Clover Club. Yeah. So the choice is who do we go after first, and and that is that is how it leaves us at the start of the uh, the campaign. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I just I hadn't thought about this before, but the way that's couched is kind of strange because obviously one person is about giving you advice, the other one he's worried about him. So if you go after Warren Rice first, why would you need to go and get the advice later? You know what I mean? It's sort of, if you really think about it, it sort of makes makes doing uh, the house always wins second in a sense, kind of a bit a bit. I mean, it's not the way that it plays out. But if one is about giving your advice, um, surely you'd need that first because after you've gone and checked out for Warren, the advice 
is that advice any necessary anymore? So it seems a little bit strange That's from that perspective, point, yeah. isn't it? In terms of the podcast structure, then, we're going to just go in mm. in alphabetical order and do 1A first, yes. which is extracurricular activity. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Could I ask you, Kevly, which one do you generally do first? Are you an extra extracurricular activity kind of guy, or are you a house always wins kind of guy, or do you sort of sit on the fence? I think I probably just end up doing them in order. I, I oh, think I just okay. look at it and go, actually, it doesn't really matter which way round you do it. You're only going to succeed at one of them. Right. I'll do extracurricular activity first, I think. I think that's what I do. I'm trying to, I can't really remember, yeah, to be honest. I've only ever done house always wins first. <laughs> I've never done... Sounds strange. I don't know why, but I've never done extra. So even after what you were just saying about why would you go and mind you know you you that you you just fulfilled the logic there, haven't you? You're going to ask ask uh, Francis Morgan for help yes. before you go and find Warren Rice. Warren Rice, and, and and even though you know it's pointless, she did it again the next. That's time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again. Because I don't know why. In my mind, I always think, well, you get the you get the help and advice first, wouldn't you? Because then, well, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, for most people, where they come to this first, it's really six of one and half a dozen of the other, right? Because you really just don't yes. know. You're going in blind, aren't you? Yeah. You don't know what the benefit is of no. And, and obviously, if 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 it made sense, if if it made sense that you should do one first before the other, yeah. then like you say, it would have just been a strip sequence in the campaign. The fact it gives you the choice means it can't really make that much difference in the grand scheme. No, of and it doesn't. I mean, the the thing is, strategically, if you wanted, you know, if you know the if you know the uh, scenarios well. You can then say, "Look, do I want to end up with a an ally that gives me a, that boosts my my fight, or boosts my strength or my intellect? Because that's really kind of what you get, in a sense, yes. from doing this. So, if you were a seeker, you might go, "Well, having extra intellect would be even better. I'll lean into that." Warren Rice. If you're, I don't know, if you're Roland, if you're playing Roland, then you might go Francis Morgan because you're getting a boost to your fight. So, of course, you would do, you know, House Always Wins first. Do you see what I mean? So you make this decision. I guess we're toddling off to university, aren't we? <laughs> I guess we are, yes. Let's see if we can track Warren down and uh, work out what... Should be fairly straightforward. He was last seen in the Humanities Building, we are told. So we tootle along to the university and, and off we go to try and find him. Yeah, so the Miskatonic University, I mean, if you've played Midnight Masks, which most people would have done, you'd know Miskatonic University as a location in Arkham from that. So it's kind of nice to be able to zoom into Miskatonic University and have, you know, be actually wandering around the actual university and the campus. Yeah. It's quite a nice little link. Uh, you know, it, it's nice the way that the developers have you know, use location to connect things together rather than it being sort of disparate places that are not connected at all. So that's kind of nice that they've, uh, that they do that. I think that's quite good. Definitely. And in terms of structure, we have a, a, like a layout of six um, locations. We're basically slapped in the middle in Miskatonic's quad. And then 
yeah, the, the world is your oyster, as they say. So you have this choice of six, sorry, five other locations to go investigating to try and find uh, Warren Rice. I almost forgot who he was then. Yeah, and it's done in a nice sort of semicircle, isn't it? So you're sort of, like you say, you're in the middle. And then the, you know, you've got sort of east, west, south, sort of, I think the 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 um i think the science building is in the east right the humanities building is in the west you've got the um student union down south if you like yeah the text is quite nice because it kind of it kind of evokes this idea of and i like this um you see it a lot uh, quite a bit in, in in horror things where they'll take a normal location um and you know, if you then suddenly empty it and turn all the lights off, it becomes very sinister. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this is how they've kind of br- done this with Miskatonic University, which during the day would be full of students and lots of life. But they sort of, every every card has this flavour text on it sort of saying things like, you know, Oren Library has got gargoyles on the walls and the science building dominates the eastern campus and the admin buildings alone and it's got creepers on it and so they're trying to they really dial up the kind of the creepiness of of it being night time i think and it's it's nice to actually stop and pay attention to these to this flavor text as well because it's very easy when you're playing the games you just write okay where do i want to go bubble bum off i go but just reading the text on these cards, it does sort of set the scene yeah. subtly for what we're about to face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like humanity's building, it says he was last seen there, but the building's in darkness ah, and it's silent. Hint. Whereas the student union, there's people bustling around in there, the lights are on. Where And then in the science building, it's plunged into darkness, but ominously there is a light coming from one room in the basement. Yes. Which leads you to think there's something untoward <laughs> yeah. going on. You know what? I couldn't believe because I'd never read that text. And when I read it, I thought, they're actually telling you here what they're kind of... You know, they're actually telling you what's going yeah. on <laughs> because it's weird. Because they, very, it's very subtle. It is very subtle, and it's there. But I'd never, I'd never taken the time. But it's it's basically telling you there's something dodgy going on in the science building, like you say. Yes. Uh, whereas in the humanity buildings, it's dark as, and there's nothing going on there. Even though it's telling you to go to the humanities building first, right? So it actually is really. It's really explicit about that, right? It's uh, it, 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 This is a classic fetch quest. Go and get somebody. Uh, and he was last seen in a humanities building, which is a huge hint, of course. Uh, but like you say, <laughs> you, actually, if you read the flavour text, you, you would kind of surmise that there's something going on in the science building. And in fact, if you go to the science building, it starts talking about how there's a pungent stench. Even when you can't get into the alchemical labs... There's sort of a pun, not a pungent, yeah, there's a pungent stench, there's a nasty ooze. Um, so whatever's going on in the science building, it can't be good because the ooze, I think you've got to test for it. Oh, you take damage or something. It's like there's some serious nasty stuff going down in the science building. <laughs> yeah, it's so true that actually it's interesting how they kind of actually kind of give the game away in a way. The other thing I like is in the quad, Obviously, you can do the classic thing where you can resign. It's so funny that they let you resign and walk away before you start. But they kind of say, 
oh, the gates look like you're a prisoner, you know, or something rather than, a, you know, so even the gate, you know, even the fact it's got gates on it is kind of, you know, you're locked in, you can't get out, you know, they kind of do everything they can to, um, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of make the thing as creepy as possible. And then also I like the, to- I like the way that three of these locations then go on to reveal other locations once you open them. Mm-hmm. And which is which is again is a nice touch. It's a feel of exploring a location. Yep. Um, but then one of them, when you go into the administration building, this is where um, the setup will differ depending on whether you are playing this scenario first or second. So there are two different versions of the faculty officers. There's the, the, the night is still young, which will be there if it's the first, if it's early in the evening, or the hour is late if it's the t- if you're playing this scenario second. So obviously that will affect the outcome of the story. Yeah, quite dramatically. And it's, like you say, it's really nice the way they, um, because it does feel like, I mean, I think it's the strength of this scenario is the way it feels like you're prowling around the campus trying to work out where Warren Rice is. And there's a number of doors that are locked that you just can't get into. You, you you get hints that there's something going on, but you just can't get into them. You you, you the, clearly you have to do something else before you can access these other areas. So I think they do a good job of using the locations and the sort of the the sort of the the way they're they're gated to 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 evoke this idea of you going around campus trying to find out what's going on. Um, before you could actually find out what's going on, which I think is the strongest part of the scenario. When you unlock Jazz and the act advances, basically at that point it says there's a crash coming from the science building. A student rushes towards you. Help, there's some kind of animal loose in the chem labs. I only barely caught a glimpse of it, but he shudders. I think it's heading to the dorms. You've got to do something. So that's then it sets the scene that there is something else going on. There is this creature in the science building so that light in the basement should have given us a warning, warning. yeah um but basically he's basically telling you the students need saving effectively yeah 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 so that then opens up more options and how you, and how you play now will determine the outcome of the scenario so we've got a choice of going to the science building to see what on earth's going on with this creature or going to the dormitories to protect the student, or at least warn them, and so that they can escape. Yes. And unfortunately, they are mutually exclusive. They are, and and why would you go to the faculty offices? <laughs> <laughs> so can I ask you, Kevling, who's what's going on in this? Who's doing the sciencey stuff? Why is this? Why is this science experiment happening, and why is there an alchemical concoction there that's only there if you go later? I don't. Did so, is somebody in there creating the alchemical concoction, but also creating the experiment? Because I, I, I guess I'd played extracurricular activity and always only got certain outcomes. I'd assumed it was Warren Rice doing the experiments, and something had gone horribly wrong, and he'd made a mistake or something. But that's not. That's not what's going on here it's not really clear uh the only thing is warren rice if you rescue him talks about people being on campus who kind of shouldn't be there yeah but there's no there's not really any explanation as to why this this is happening 
At least none that I could find. No, you're right. And if I'm honest, I've never given it that much thought as I play it. It's it's only now we're sitting down mm. to try and dissect it mm. that you you can almost see a gap in the story. Yeah, because, I mean, I understand in the Dunwich horror that, uh, you know, something goes on a rampage through Dunwich and it seems like they're sort of recreating that idea of a rampage. So I'm sort of assuming that the agents of Yogg-Sothoth you know, a magician of Yogg-Sothoth or some of the thralls are in the science lab doing this. But how did they get into the science lab? Why are they doing it? And why is it that the alchemical concoction is only available later? Because, uh, I mean, I understand that if you do extracurricular first, you get a bit more time because if you do it second, you skip, is it agenda 2A, don't you? You, you sort of go straight to agenda 2B. So you sort of skip a step, so it happens faster. Yes. But no, it's never explained why this experiments happened in the first place, and what, who made the alchemical concoction or anything. It's, it sort of happens, but it's not really explained at all. Or, you know, what's the reasoning? Is it just to kill the students on campus, or? Was it to kind of have a diversion so that they could kidnap Warren Rice? Was it just a diversionary tactic? So it's really kind of unclear in in that sense about what's going on and, and why it's going on. It's sort of very confused from that perspective. I guess in some ways that's, that's part of the setting, isn't it? Mm. We've been plunged into this story with no idea what's going on. Yeah. So we wouldn't have all that information presented to us. No, no. Life is never that tidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess that's that's true. But I, I'm trying to get my head around what must have happened then. They must have come onto campus, tied up Warren Rice because they want to kidnap him, release the, release the uh, experiment as a diversion, and then got him out of the campus. That's That seems to be what's going on, I guess, something like that. It, it it feels like that's the kind of that's the kind of way things have sort of worked out in the um, but but I agree with you. It's sort of in this situation where there's stuff happening and we don't really not because we don't know as investigators and as the players we don't really know very much about the story or what's going on. So you're right. It's sort of this sort of unexplained stuff happening. Um, yeah, yeah. But you could imagine the scenario where, you know, they're just kidnapping him and we're chasing down the kidnappers. You know what I mean? They could have... They could have... I'm wondering if... I'm wondering, thinking about it. If we are playing extracurricular activities second, yeah. there's no sign of Warren Rice because they've kidnapped him. So perhaps what the story is, is they have used, forced him to make this concoction. Yeah, right. And that's why it's only there when you're playing this second. Yeah. Whereas if you're playing it first and he's there, he's still, I think he's still bound and gagged in his office, isn't he? Yeah. So you rescue him before they've had a chance to force him to create the concoction. Just, if it, I mean, if you look at the picture of him... Yeah. On this card, he does look like he is. He's got the alchemical concoction, sort of concoction, doesn't he? He looks like he's putting yeah. it into some kind of a 
like a kind of a bug spray device. Yeah. So maybe he was actually planning, maybe he knew what was going on and he was trying to stop it. Yeah. But from a mechanics point of view, I do quite like the way that plays out, that the experiment bursts yeah, out yeah. and then he is rampaging through the university, making his way to where he can hear all the noise and commotion going on from the students' dormitories. I think that bit works really well. Why? What? How, how it fits into the narrative, I think, like you're right, is it's it's not clear to us. Uh, but what I will say as well is uh, if anyone is out there listening to this podcast and is shouting at their speakers saying, you idiots, you've missed X, please let us know. Please put us out of our misery. That's right. That's right. Because I'm on my second glass of wine. So, you know, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> yeah. So just before we move on to House Always Wins, then let's just summarise what the different outcomes are from extracurricular activities based on how we played it. So... Uh, resolution one is only available if you play in the scenario first, and that is you have rescued Warren Rice. Yay! Unfortunately, the students are dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I shouldn't laugh, but yeah. Because like... we, we focused more on doing what Armitage wanted rather than dealing mm-hmm. with the situation mm-hmm. that arose. Yes. Resolution two, we, we were able to get to the dormitories. Yep. We warned the students, they all escaped. Yeah, but. Good for us, we saved the students. <laughs> yes. Uh, but 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 hold on, Warren's Warren Warren isn't saved though in that circumstance, is he? He's not. No, no, he was kidnapped. Yes. So uh, yeah, we failed there. Yeah. Um, also, I, I didn't mention as well. If you don't save the students, I think you add a tablet token to the bag, Indeed. so that adds an extra level of just it just worsens your odds ever so slightly for the entire rest of the campaign. Yes. So that might um, when when you're replaying this scenario, that might make help you decide which which path you want to take uh, and then the other option resolution three is you have saved the students by defeating the experiment mm. and if i remember right there are some remains of the experiment in one of the later scenarios so that's a, a trigger point there uh, that you could prevent by defeating the experiment and then resolution four is when the agenda deck runs out i think and you were uh, you don't manage to do anything. <laughs> yeah, the right. Students die. You've lost Warren Rise, and the experiment is still rampaging around. <laughs> uh, and that gives you the extra option as well if you have been unconscious for several hours. <laughs> yes, right. I can't. I can't remember how that how that pans out, but uh, we'll pick that up in a future scenario, I'm sure. Yeah, that's kind of that's the that's the. <laughs> That's the kind of the worst case scenario. You don't yeah. manage to do anything particularly useful. And of course, you can all get defeated as well, which is the sort of, is that resolution zero? It's the non-resolution, yes. right? Yes, there's resign and defeat, mm. yes. And yeah. So that, that again, that's you've, you've not yeah. saved the students, you've not no. rescued War Rising, no. you've not defeated the experiment. No. But at least you're still conscious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you can be left in this lovely situation where you don't know what the hell's going on because you failed everything. You know, you're like, you've got no idea. And I was, I'm always one of these people. I'd never read resolutions I haven't done. So I think the first time I ever played Dunwich, I failed so many of them, particularly playing solo. I hadn't, you know, I had no idea what was going on most of the time, <laughs> um, which was sort of, you know, bumbling around, kind of just, just got no idea. So actually getting Warren Rice is fairly is a fairly narrow criteria overall 
really. Yes, yes, you can only do it if you play this scenario first and it has lots of negative consequences. Yeah, and you have to have the presence of mind to know to go to the faculty of to faculty offices. Um, yes, which yes. To, ignore the ignore the screams, ignore, ignore the commotion, ignore the experiment, <laughs> ignore everything basically, which. I was sent here to find Warren Rice, and that's what I'm going to exactly, do. Exactly, which again, that that there's a bit of a dissonance there because once you know the scenario, you know to do that. But if you think about it, sort of in a sort of real life situation, you're wandering around campus, you find Jazz Mulligan, and then there, and then I think when you find Jazz, that's when the science thing happens. Do, do you then know that? Yes. And then a commotion breaks out in the science faculty. There's a rampaging monster heading for the student union. You're hardly going to go, oh, I'll just go to the faculty office now and just, you know. Like, you wouldn't do that, would you? You wouldn't. You'd be like... if he's over there. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing happening at the faculty offices. Let me just go over there. You know what I mean? Like... Yes. Because you're not yes, even given agreed. a choice, are you? If you get Warren Rice, that's it. You go to resolution. You can't go, oh, let's pick up Warren Rice and go and deal with the concoction. You can't do that, can you? You can't. No. You, you don't have that choice of deciding whether. And I think they de- they they sort of change this in later one scenarios and things. They kind of don't give you a lot of choice in this one. You either get Warren, and like you say, all of the students get murdered. Or you save the students and you don't get Warren, but you can't do both. Cool. Right. So shall we? Um, shall we move on to the house always wins? Yeah. Uh, this is where I cut in the Italian accordion music and no, no, I don't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, House Always Wins. What What's the story here, Kevling? So this is where we have been sent to find Dr. Francis Morgan mm. to see if he can help us in our search for Warren Rice. Um, and again, there is a slight difference in setup um, based on whether you are playing this first or second. So you basically get a different Act 3A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get fold or all in um, and each of them give a different set of outcomes yes. yeah we're, we start at this sort of um, very bad Italian restaurant don't we <laughs> La Bella Luna <laughs> yeah. La Bella Luna was a air quotes multi-purpose <laughs> establishment yeah so obviously this is a front for um for this speakeasy yeah and i love the um i love the bit you can resign and it says it was a bust so you just uh, this idea <laughs> you're just standing there going i came from the cataloni and the you know <laughs> the raffino oh, that's all i know <laughs> you know but apparently they only sell spaghetti or something like it's really like the venue is awful <laughs> and the place is awful it's like uh you know there's a goon on the door i love i love it you know it's it's so fantastic because it evokes the 1920s where there were these horrible establishments that kind of you know had these fronts and they were really just for people to drink alcohol <laughs> that was prohibited <laughs> 
you know, like tea rooms where everyone got served gin in teacups and they'll pretended like they were just drinking tea, you know, just to sort of avoid the cops and all that kind of thing. Um, so, um, yeah, I, 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 I really like that uh, bit that's like, you know, you resign. It was a bust, you know. <laughs> and, and, and again, similar to what we were saying on um, extracurricular activities, mm. if you don't stop... It's easy to just dive in and start playing the scenario, mm. but I've never actually noticed the picture mm. on Agenda 1A mm. is of a giant monster rampaging through the club. Yes! So it, it's, it, how have I not noticed that before? Uh, it definitely shows you that what we're going to be facing later yeah, on. Yeah, spoilers! <laughs> like, it spoiled its own scenario. You'd think they could have used some other image of just something... You know, like instead of like you say, a monster right there on the. I I know when I looked at it, I thought, what? <laughs> Again, I guess that's just me. I'm just focused on the words. Right, what are we going to yeah, do? What are we going to do? Let's go and do it. Yeah, Off we go. Yeah. Oh no, no! Stop! Smell the roses. Take it all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, just on that, I mean, I I, I do like the flavor text that'd be a great name for a podcast wouldn't it i do like the flavor text on the clover club location because uh it really brings the locations to life i mean you can it really i can imagine what the clover club would be like you know when i sort of think about it in my mind because i think they do a good job of that with the flavour text. Yeah, you got things like, as you approach the card room, the clinking of mm. poker chips and the shuffling of cards mm-hmm. is punctuated by shouts of revelry and frustration. <laughs> Your thoughts are nearly drowned out by the racket. <laughs> yeah. Excellent bit of scene setting. Yeah, there. yeah. Oh, the booze, you know, the um, in the bar, the booze, like the booze is literally the, 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 um, the shelves are groaning with booze. There's so much of it on there, you know, uh, and that kind of thing. Or the plush leather chairs in the in the sort of sitting area so i think they do a really a really nice job of bringing that those locations to life it's really fantastic so we are here to find dr morgan Mm -hmm. um so the act starts off Mm. the club is packed perhaps someone knows where he is Mm. And it gives an interesting mechanic here that obviously plays into the fact that this is um, you know a card card room gambling etc when you reveal a chaos token you may treat it as if it was another chaos token Mm. but remember that you have cheated Mm. i love that Mm. that is fantastic Mm. (laughs) group limit once per round so you can cheat your way through the scenario if you really want to it's actually letting you do it but there could be consequences yes And, and a bit like extracurricular activity you could end up with another um tablet in the chaos bag so it, it it does have some lasting consequences uh, if you cheat right yes yes mm. oh yeah those that went i remember playing through this the first time with our play group and there was one one member of our team insisted on cheating at every opportunity <laughs> <laughs> well if you're going to do it once you might as well keep doing it because it's not it's like it, you know it's only a one-off thing so you might as well keep doing it yeah, the other yeah, once per round, once per yeah. round, you might as well just keep cheating like yeah. crazy. <laughs> the um, the other thing I like about, um, and I think you mentioned this off air before, was the mechanics around the um, the goons. Really works really yes. well in this sort of first part of the scenario as well, doesn't 
It certainly does. The fact you can the the, the criminals all, all have aloof, mm. don't they? It's on the agenda one A. Yes, they've got aloof until you hit one of yeah. them, <laughs> which which kind of makes sense, yeah. really. Yes, they will ignore you until you punch them in the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also the pit boss prowls is prowling around. You know, you can imagine him sort of eyeing you up suspiciously. So if you try and get any clues while he's at the same location. He will also uh, attack as well. So yes, it's yes. this great kind of thing where I think this is an awesome example of where story and gameplay mechanic come together in a lovely way because you have to kind of, you know, avoid him. You know, so you're asking people questions, you're getting drinks, but you but yes. you've got to make sure that he's not in the same location that you Nobody are. Nobody spots you. Yeah, or he'll yes. spot you. And I think that that is really, really well well done how they um, how they do that because it feels like you know you're literally kind of going around this club trying to get this illicit information without getting spotted by the goons, which is just fantastic. I think it's great. Yeah, and also the other mechanic as well is because we are wandering around asking questions, trying to find things out. None of the locations have clues apart from the initial La Bella Luna. Yes. It's all done by taking other types of actions. Yes, like you're you're spending money in the card room, yep. or or you're buying a drink in the bar, yep. and you're talking to the bartender and trying to find things out. Yep. So. Again, I think that's another clever way of bending the mechanics to suit the narrative. Yeah, it is. I have to say, though, as a big player of Seekers, it pisses me off. (laughs) Because, you know, I've got my, I don't know, I've got my Ursula. She can, like, do two investigations, you know, move and investigate. If you're a Seeker, it, it totally negates your, you know, your normal ability because you apart from like you say in the La Bella Luna you can't get clues in the usual sort of way you can't parley uh you've got to you've got to do it in other ways which is like you say is perfectly fine but it's only for this first this first part of the scenario it it does turn back more into a normal inverted commas scenario in the second half but yeah, I, I just I just love that that's the the, the way they've done that. Yeah, you, you, like you say, you're sneaking around, you're, yeah. you're asking questions, and you're trying to make sure that the boss doesn't See, spot you while you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, trying to keep out of his way, asking subtle questions. What's really going on? Have you seen <laughs> Have you seen Francis around? You know, and 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 and, ga- and the gambling theme is great because like if you go to the game room or uh, the, the 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 card room, um. I mean, I've spent three or four, t- four turns trying to get bloody clues <laughs> and failing, <laughs> and like dr- you know, trying to get those clues. And it's just like you, you know, you're at the roulette table, or you're, you know, you're uh, playing cards or blackjack, and you're just not getting. You just not things are just not going your way. So it's it's like you say, it's thematically really, and like you say, you can cheat, right? So you can, you of you course, can cheat. Yeah. Um, anyway uh if you if you you know if you just want to get the clues anyway so it's it's great um and obviously if the pit boss is there he has seen yes. you cheating and he will instantly come after you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean i like the campus idea but i think for me the house always wins it's it's almost like an ocean's 11 kind of heist feeling to it <laughs> 
you know, it's got that kind of feel that you're, you know, and particularly if you're not playing solo, if you're playing with other people, you're kind of trying to get this information and, and avoid the, you know, the criminals. It's It's got a really wonderful uh, feel. And I think the gameplay really fits nicely with the story in this section. I think it's great. So, um, I mean, the main thing you want to do is is get into the is getting to the VIP, is getting to the back area as quickly as possible, obviously. Um, you know, and it's a classic Arkham Horror situation where there's a bottleneck location. You know, there's this sort of yes. hallway and then it opens up into some new areas, which when it's always random, right? The three back areas are randomised, right? So out of, you know, you yes. don't know which is which, you know. And that darkened hall doesn't go into play until you advance the act. So you've got to do those initial four clues per investigator. Uh, so you don't even know that's where you're heading no, the first time. No, no, no. And it doesn't matter how many times you play, you don't know which is the VIP, you don't know which is the art gallery, you don't know which is the back alley. You know, you're, you, you're, um, it's random. So um, unlike extracurricular activity where the locations are the locations and it doesn't you know once you've played it once you you sort of know in this one there's an element of randomness that you know which survives every time you play is you don't know which is which so and, and that's something obviously that gets used again and again and again and again and again in Arkham Horror the card game is yes. this sort of random randomized use of locations. Sometimes that you know you're drawing three of say four or six, and so there's even more kind of variability. Uh, and it's really nice because it keeps things fresh, right? You know, you never know where you need to go, which is really nice. So, um, so yeah, you move. You sort of move forward to these three areas with the agenda though how long have you got before then what happens in the second because after the first agenda they're no longer aloof are they they start kind of coming for you don't they or something they start they get their suspicions uh get too much so yeah it's four doom on the first agenda so you've got four rounds to uh to try and find what you need and get into that darkened hall yeah and if um if you've already done agenda, if you've already done extracurricular activity, you skip agenda two A as well and go straight to two B. So that is um, it. This scenario will be shorter. Well, like the other one, if it's the second time, if it's the second scenario of the campaign, you do skip a, a phase almost. Well, not a phase. You you go straight to the monsters breaking through, don't? You? Is that right? You... You yeah. do, yes, yes. Spawn a random enemy from the set-aside hideous abominations yeah. into the Clover Club lounge yep. and you remove La Bella Luna so then you lose your resign option at that stage. Not the spaghetti! There's no, no. There's no escaping now. <laughs> All hell has broken loose. So, again, it's not really... I mean, it's less of a problem with this scenario, but it's not really explained why these monsters show up. They just show up, right? You don't know why they're there or how they came to be there. There's no kind of suspicious right. wizards standing around casting spells. They just turn up right and crash through the location. But it seems like the mo here of these Jogsoth off people is that they're using these monsters to cause diversion so they can kidnap people. I think that's kind of the way it seems to work, right? It's sort of that kind of thing. So, 
But assuming we get our, get ourselves into that back area, there's these three areas. There's the art gallery, there's VIP, yep. which is the one we really want to get to, right? And then there's the back alley. These are interesting locations. The art gallery is, um, I mean, all that tells you is that the Clover Club's owned by Peter Clover. So it's not called the Clover Club just because it's, you're lucky. I, I always assumed it was because... Oh, Lucky Clover, you know, but it's actually... Lucky Clover, yeah, of course, but yeah. It's actually because Peter Clover. And for some reason, it's an art gallery, but he has his, um, he has his, financial, <laughs> his financial books sitting in the art gallery for some reason. Um, I mean, it's... And there's some pretty easy clues. Uh, I mean, you do lose, you do lose, lose resources for failing to investigate, but it's a pretty easy location to get some clues because I, I think the the shroud is 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 low, on the art gallery. It's a two, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's fairly low, easy victory points. I think. Is it a victory for getting it? Um, it yeah. is. Yes, all three of these yeah. um, are, are victory points. And then the VIP area. Uh, this is where you would, if you get there first. Morgan will be there, right? He's in this sort of fugue state, thinks he's playing cards, and he's sort of sitting there, right? Yes, if you get, if, yes, if if this is the first scenario, Morgan is in there. Otherwise, he isn't. Whereas if it's the second, if this is the second scenario, Peter Clover is in the bar. He appears in the bar at this point, even though we've already been in the bar and he wasn't there. He's obviously just wandered in. But we have a different Act 3A, depending on which of those two um, circumstances Yeah, that's right. Occur. Yep, yep, yep. So um, all in is if Morgan's around, we have the option of parlaying Morgan in the VIP area. Um, that's a test uh, willpower of three to shake him out of his daze. Um, and if we do that enough times, we shake him enough, <laughs> he'll go with us. Uh, whereas the alternative is we head back and find Peter Clover and escort him out of the club. That's a much tougher gig. I mean, that's that's a lot more difficult. <laughs> in uh, the, the So, yeah, so, so if you're here first, you basically parley Morgan and you get to the, the back alley, which... And then you can resign. You can just get out, basically, which is not too bad. The main thing about the back alley, though, is that, um, and this is deliberate because it's not been changed, is you won't get the victory point if you resign here because you'll drop clues here. Uh, Definitely, uh, yes. And uh, it's been asked whether that's a mistake, and it's not. So there's really relatively few ways you can get this victory point. Um and still resign. So there's, you know, one way is to use I'm out of here is one way of doing it. But there's not that many ways that you, you're going to end up with the victory point here. Yes, it's whether you can man manipulate the situation that you don't have clues on you. But I'm not sure how you could do that, actually. But it's it's fairly difficult to do. So a lot of the time you're not going to get the victory point in the back alley. Which feels a bit strange, to be honest. I mean, it, it does feel... I think a lot of people have a house rule where if you resign at the back alley, you keep the victory point if you've investigated. I mean, that's what I've read. A lot of people do that anyway as a house rule because they kind of feel like it's a bit ridiculous if you've, you know, not to oh, get sorry. it. The, the impossible victory yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... It, <laughs> Almost. It, you can do it, but it's it's kind of convoluted. 
But the opposite, the the other alternative is you've got to backtrack back through to the bar and you get Peter Clover that way. Now, interestingly enough, he doesn't suffer from being attacked by the abominations because whilst he's traded human and criminal, he's not traded human criminal enemy because yes because he's not an enemy card no. is he he's a he's a he's, he's an, an asset, ally card so that's the difference yeah yes, yeah 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 so he 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 so basically you've got to backtrack you've got to then um um you've got then you've got to um to 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 grab him and get out but you've got these abominations so it's much more difficult to do that to grab peter clover Definitely. in that way so uh um, yeah, it's. Uh, but the, 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 yeah, again, I suppose if we're going to talk about how, I, th- I think it, the, the, this scenario is less complex mm, than the other mm. one, but the, again, we do have the multiple outcomes. So obviously, if we're playing this scenario first, that's the only way we can find Doctor Morgan. Because um, as we've just said, he will be sat there in the VIP area. Yep. Um, if we're playing it second, Peter Clover's there. And if we're able to escort him out, then we get Naomi and the O'Banions on our side for the rest of the campaign. Yes, which which has quite significant, you know, that makes a significant difference. And essentially, that is the one resolution out of the five available to us where the O'Banions are on our side. So it's... It's obvious how it's, it's almost though it's saying like chances are they are not going to be on your side for the rest of the campaign. Mm. So this is the the one rare outcome. That's that's exactly right. And um, I've never had that. I've never done that. So uh, you know, no. I've always ended up with these bloody O'Banion people in you know in Dunwich, <laughs> and they're a pain in the backside. I mean, they always seem yes, to pop they, up. They basically go in as an extra encounter set. Oh, they do. And they always seem to bloody pop up when I least, you know, and, and they really do kind of, they can be quite um, annoying. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, but it's, it's no, it's no, I mean, I think of all these two scenarios, backtracking from the VIP area through to get Peter Clover and then get him back out is no no small feat it's actually quite quite um quite challenging so when i think about it the first time you play the the easiest way to end up with at least one of the um one of the allies would be to do house always wins first because it's the most straightforward you just got to get yourself to the VIP area, get yes, yes, get, um, Morgan, and then get out the back door. If not, you're either having to find Warren Rice in, in in the admin building, and I'm talking about the first time you play, or you've got to get all the way over to Peter Clover back in the bar and get out, which you know is quite quite challenging because there'll be criminals and abominations in your way there and on the way back so unless you're really good at fight or evasion it's going to be quite a difficult task there we go so that's house always wins so um so there's a number of different resolutions aren't there from this kevling and uh, there's a, again about four yeah, aren't so there? um 
again yeah so if you if you play this scenario first you can well so let, let's do it in order resolution one is that you have you've not found dr morgan Oh. And the Urbanians have a bone to pick. Oh, great. Worst, worst, worst outcome of everything. <laughs> Resolution two, you can only do if you play this scenario first, and that's if you find Dr. Morgan. And again, the Urbanians have a bone to pick with you. Resolution three, you can only do this if you play the scenario second, and that is to get Peter Clover out. And then obviously the Urbanians, Naomi has your back then, is the outcome there. And then resolution four is if you fail to do anything... The Abanians have a bone to pick with you and you are unconscious for several hours. <laughs> so, and then the other option is the resign defeat, which again is the Abanians have a bone to pick with you, but at least you are still conscious. But then we have an interlude before we move on to scenario two. And basically the only the difference here is if you were unconscious for several hours, yep. then uh, you get back and Dr. Armitage has been kidnapped. No, so he's, he's gone, as, gone well. as well. Oh my God, it's a kidnap fest. But you get a couple of extra bonus points because you read his notes. And go a bit crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, he's still alive, but he's Where? pale and sweaty. Or at least if you were able to stay conscious throughout both of the first two scenarios, <laughs> then at least you're able to have a chat with, um, with Armitage. Yeah. And like you said earlier... He then explains what he's really Then he on. explains to you. You know, it's like, oh, sorry to pull you into all of this. <laughs> and you get to add him to your deck as well, if you want. <laughs> yeah, so it's only after you go through all this, he goes, oh, actually, I should tell you what's going on. Oh, thanks, Armitage. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this information might yeah. have been useful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Don't you think I you don't you think you should have told me this beforehand so I knew what I was getting myself into, you know? You know what? I'm not putting you in my deck. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, well so what do you think? What do you think of these two scenarios? I I enjoy both of them. Um I think like we've said in the in the conversation, I think narratively the Clover Club one works best everything flows there's a logic to why yes. things are happening it all fits in with the story mm. um but as we as as we were we were struggling to explain why things were happening in um extracurricular activities there's obviously a gap there as to why things are happening maybe the gap is that armitage hasn't filled us in but uh yeah it, the logic doesn't flow quite so well in uh extracurricular activities as it does in house always wins no no i i completely agree i i um i i mean i like extracurricular activity because of you know it's a, it it sort of brings it to life really nicely but you're right it doesn't it doesn't quite connect and i think the house always wins is a more successful scenario because i think not only does it bring things to life i, I like the way it mechanically and story-wise uses that thing of the prowling pit boss and uh, you know the gambling and i think i think that 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 sort of really kind of adds adds an extra element of fun which makes sense the gameplay and the mechanics align quite well mm. yeah i agree with that but again they're both excellent scenarios and i they both add new mechanics mm. and ways of using the same rules that we've been familiar with as we played through Night of the Zealot, mm. but they apply them in different ways to, like you say, like different ways of trying to find clues to find out what's mm. going on in the Clover Club. Mm. Uh, 
finding different ways of getting into locations by having to find Jazz Mulligan and so he can let you in. It's just that sort of extra layers to the design. It's it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That you know, if you were used to the first three scenarios, you know, Midnight Masks and the Gathering and Devara Below, this really would open up the possibilities. You know, and if you weren't playing some kind of person who has relatively high um, intellect, you'd be pleasantly surprised with the house always wins because you can get clues relatively easily without necessarily having yes. the high intellect, which you know, which would be a surprise the first time because you would sort of think things have to be done a certain way. And this, these these scenarios show they don't have to be done a certain way. They can be done in, like you say, quite flexible ways. So yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, oh, that's a really good point. So I think, like we said before, we're not coming from this criticism. We're coming from this criticism from a place of love and, and, and respect. Uh, and, and they're both great scenarios. They, they really do they really do kind of create an atmosphere in that way and they really do open things up. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, so what are we going to do next time, Kevlin? Where are we Where are we heading off after this? Is it, is it just off into the wild blue yonder and that's it? We're done? <laughs> you, you may be surprised here. We're actually going to be staying in Dunwich and moving on to the museum. So... Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to learn a bit more of the backstory that Armitage is, either Armitage has just filled us in on about or we've read from his journal. Yes. Uh, and then we go off to the museum to try and find out a little more. Yes, and it's nice, isn't it? So we've had a, a university campus, we've had a, a speakeasy gambling club and now we're off to a museum. So it's uh, lots of varied locations, which is fantastic, you know, just what you want when you're playing this kind of thing. So it's awesome. Excellent. All right, great. Well, looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. So, uh, look, uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Please, um, uh, there'll be some. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know where you can contact us if you've got the comments or criticisms. Uh, but we'll we're very much looking forward to tackling the next scenario, which is the Miskatonic Museum, uh, which we will do uh, in the next few weeks. But until then, I'm. Um, Happy Terra 8. And I'm Kevlin. And we'll uh, see you next time. See ya. Bye. So thank you very much for listening. Please like, comment and subscribe. We'd very much like to hear from you. If you would like to um, send us your thoughts, um, send it to ftexpodcast at gmail.com. That's F-T-E-X-T podcast, ftexpodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen to this podcast on YouTube. Just go to Out of Ammo, Out of Time, and you will find it there. And it's also available on the usual podcast platforms. Till then, thanks very much for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.